Hey guys, uh, and welcome back, especially welcome back from the international break to FPL Hitter uh, Hitter Quit Podcast. Um, we're coming from a really wild week, if you ask me, where you almost had three hat tricks. Um, weirdly enough, I felt like the game week average seemed a little bit low, but there's 68 points this week. However, we have Mahmoud here with us, who completely defied everything. And got a whopping 119. What can you Go say for lads. yourself? <laughs> I'm just excited. It was a great week. And uh, it's only downhill from here. Yeah. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, and with, that, much better. with that 119 points, you are also top of the, the table now. So we'd have to shout you out anyways. But 571 points on the total. And your rank is in the top 14k right now, which is kind of crazy at this point um you haven't used any of your chips beside your wild card too so really really good shit dude thanks boys all right let's talk us through your team then how'd you get 119 points in one week right so this is my my second week after the wild card wild carded in game week eight and uh, let's just say almost everything went perfectly for me uh, it was definitely lucky. I had uh, Pope and Trippier. Pope lost the clean sheet in the 88th minute, but Trippier had come off just before that. So I was lucky there. And I had Cancelo for a one-pointer. James, two points. Foden got me a hat-trick. That was a great pick. I was trying to pick between him, uh, him and um, Kane or Isaac and KDB. So I decided to go for Foden and Kane, and that worked out nicely this week with the hat-trick. Madison, the game just finished, got me the two goals assist. I had Martinelli with the assist, I believe. Uh, Bowen, goal and assist. Haaland, of course, with a 23-pointer, five goal involvements, hat-trick, two assists. Monster Hall, of course, everyone had him captain, but yeah, Kane got me a goal from a penalty in the uh, North London derby. And uh, I mean, I, I couldn't, th- like, maybe maybe a Reese James assist, <laughs> but I can't think of anything else that would have happened uh, to better my game, like, honestly. To be fair, you had Mitrovic go off, and that was unlucky. So it's, it's not like everything went right. He had the yellow card that got stopped. So, yeah. I mean, that's you're really picking at like the smallest things though when you have 119 points i'm sure you're not complaining about too much yeah we'll we'll talk about that mitrovic situation later on we'll see yeah make some replacements yeah 119 obviously incredible week i am very salty because i had my best week of the season i had 109 points and i was really hoping for that spotlight but then Mahmoud stole it from me with his madison on the last day but uh i also had Obviously, Foden and Haaland and Bowen. And then uh, Kane as well. Trippier as well. So we had quite similar teams. And then I got a few Good points board. from Danny Ward. Off. Yeah, Danny Ward in goal. I mean, I was I took a big leap of faith trusting just Leicester defense going into my wild card. But I was like, I don't know. I was confident that Leicester would improve to some degree. And like they would at least get one clean sheet in the next few games. And it was mostly just to enable me to get 
spend my money elsewhere, honestly, when I when I went with my Leicester keepers, because uh I didn't find anyone in that 4.5 million keeper range too appealing. One guy I looked at briefly was Kepa, because he's been starting for Chelsea. But uh I just I, I just don't know if I trust that when if Mendy and him are both 100 percent healthy and available. But in that 4.5 category, I didn't like anyone, so I thought why not spend the 4.0 and just uh get the Leicester keepers. Yeah, so that was my week. Ayo, what about you? How did your week turn out? Honestly, saved at the final minute. Um, unlike you guys, I didn't have Foden and I didn't have Bowen. So I took a leap of faith. I took a wild card going into this week and I'm still going to hold on to it. I'm, not, I'm still feeling quite good about it. Um, but I brought in Raheem Sterling. Obviously, Chelsea did struggle a little bit struggle a bit uh, in that game but Sterling hit the post and I think I do think like they're gonna start picking it up so I, I'm kind of going on Sterling right now to, to start reaching these Bowen, Madison and Foden numbers in the midfield um, but I did I did have Madison so he saved me tonight uh, and I obviously had Howland captain like everyone else so 86 points I'll take it Green yeah, arrow. not too bad. Green arrows all around. That's what we like to see. Um, yeah, so you wildcarded this week, Ayo. Mahmoud and I both wildcarded the week before. And yeah. it seemed to me until this point that wildcarding game week eight seemed to have the better returns, just looking around the league. But, I mean, you had a pretty good wildcard nine, and you, you did all right last week too. So, I mean, are you regretting the decision to wildcard a little later? Would you have wanted to save it even later? Would you want it to go earlier? How do you feel about it now? No, I'm I'm happy with when I did it. Um, I think there's a few players here I wouldn't have had for not my wild card, so I'm fairly happy with it. All right, yeah, super fair. Um, I mean, one uh, we we mentioned the Foden and Holland hat tricks, which were obviously both insane and like breaking all sorts of records, especially in Holland's case for like Premier League hat-tricks. I think he has the same as Cristiano Ronaldo now, three Premier League hat-tricks, which is insane considering yeah. he's only played nine games in the Prem or eight, I don't know. Um, but there was another hat-trick this week that we haven't really talked about yet, and that was Trossard against Liverpool, which was the most insane game to watch if you guys watched that game. Um, I don't know. What were your thoughts coming from that Liverpool game? Like any takeaways going into the future? They still I feel seem like this shaky. was gonna be a yeah. I I thought they were gonna do better. I thought this would be like a bit of a comeback for them, um, but they haven't proved that they haven't proved it. And now the question comes into play, which is, do we get rid of Trent? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you still you guys still have Trent? I don't have Trent. <laughs> I have Trent. Trent. Ayo complains wow, about Trent every single week but still holds him in his team I didn't think anyone had him still <laughs> I mean it's, this is a, it's a tough one because Trent is like he's been the man you know for all these years him and Salah yep. it's tough to remove them and he could easily punish you at any point we saw what he did against Bournemouth right but I, I just like you're getting him purely off the attacking potential like it seems like 
<laughs> defensively, Liverpool are so poor, and it is because of Trent. <laughs> so unless he's <laughs> dropped, I don't see them improving. Like these past few games, it's been ridiculous how bad he was. Like against Napoli in the Champions League and against Brighton in that game, he was rinsed. So, like, I just I don't I don't see why you would have him right now. Maybe in game week thirteen, when the fixtures turn and give some time for Liverpool to get their thing like uh, their act together. But I mean, I I could eat my words because you we know he could pop off, but I just. Yeah, but the thing is, Liverpool have two difficult games. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I definitely wouldn't be bringing him in, but I guess you you already have him. You're just thinking of what to do with him. Are you are you considering uh, removing him or what's the situation? No, not yet. I'm good. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna remove Luis Diaz, okay. and I have to pick between Foden and Bowen. That's a tough decision you- to make, but I agree with the sentiment for getting rid of Diaz right now like not only because of Liverpool's poor performance but also because of their fitness and health at this point like he will have a lot more competition in that side from Jota, Firmino, Nunez etc yeah would you really bring in Foden right now with the blank though that's the problem isn't it yeah I'm really, I'm really starting to feel this Bowen though. Ahmed's been talking a lot of, a lot of game about Bowen. Well, you both have, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'll give my little spill about Jared Bowen, but we all saw what he did last year. Let's not have a short-term memory. I know he had, didn't score until this week, but he, he, he's still that player. He's not aged out. Nothing's gone wrong for him. West Ham had one of the toughest starts to the season out of any team in the Premier League. And if you watch their last few games, you can see that they've become a lot more organized and they're creating a lot of chances. And just watching this last, this last game where Bowen got his haul, I was, I was so excited to watch that game just because I West Ham is still a really quality team and the energy in the stadium and the, and the team within the, like, the players, you can see they're still very positive and I don't know. They, they never look like they have their heads down. And the one thing I notice is Bowen feels very much like the... And now that Antonio is more of like a bench player or a rotational player, Bowen has kind of taken over that role as like the lead attacking guy, the one everyone looks to for every situation going forward, essentially. And I was just watching that game and everyone was trying to feed him. Paqueta was trying to find him on these over-the-top two balls. Uh from their defense, they were always booting it up wide to, to Bowen because he's their only like real real pace in their attack. So Jared Bowen for me is like a no-brainer differential if you're looking for that. Their fixtures are great, their form is improving, and he's the spearhead of their attack. I don't know what else you could ask for. He's proven that he can do it before. He's he looked so hungry that last game. He, he he wanted more goals like constantly. You could tell this guy wants a hat trick, he wants to be in on these, like he wants to kind of get his goal tallies back up. You know what I mean? And I have a lot of faith in Bowen. So maybe it's my own propaganda, but like, I think if I was UIO, that's the guy I'd be looking at. Well, I'll just let you know that I've already locked it in. So have you (laughs) right now? Live on the pod. Bowen is my team. (laughs) Very nice. Wow. Okay. That was fast. (laughs) 
Yeah. I feel that though. I mean, now that this week's over, I've been I've been uh hovering over the transfer button. I just want to get it over with, especially after waiting that whole uh international break. It's just exciting to have some options again. So for me, the guy I'm looking at right now is Harvey Barnes. Watching that Leicester game, Madison looked incredible. Like absolutely nothing to take away from him. But for me, in my in the situation that I'm in right now, I'm trying to get rid of Leon Bailey and I can't afford getting Madison, but I can't afford Harvey Barnes. And if you watch that second half of that Leicester game, like he was, he was more playing striker than anything else uh, beside Daka. He wasn't really staying in those wide spaces and he scored a great goal today. And uh, Leicester's fixtures are, are, are looking good and Leicester looked very good today. They look like the old Leicester city that we've known and loved. So I'm very excited about Leicester in general. And I think Harvey Barnes is someone I'm very excited to get into my team. All right. Well, maybe uh, we take a little break and then well, we can tell us a little bit about his team. Sure. Right. So right now I'm in an interesting situation with my team, right? So I have Mitrovic in my team. He came off injured in like 36 minutes. And I'm not entirely sure if he's going to play the next week or not. Still, there's no new information on what will happen to him. So I'm thinking of replacements if in the case that he's not going to play. And so I have some juicy, juicy <laughs> strikers that will be very controversial for the, for the replacements, okay? So hear me out. I'm looking, first of all, I'm looking at Martial. I have zero, zero in the bank. So as of right now, I can't afford him. Uh, he's uh, 6.9. Mitrovic, I would be... He's six, Mitrovic is also 6.9, but I would have to sell him for 6.8. So Martial came on in the derby. He scored two goals. And he is a... I mean, most of these guys are minutes risks. So I don't think this is, this is uh, an anomaly. But I mean, if he starts playing, we don't have a striker. Uh, like United do not have a striker. So... If he starts playing, which at some point he will, it just depends on his fitness. I think he could be a very, very good pick. But the ones that I can afford are, first of all, Diego Costa. I actually, I don't hate that pick, dude. I don't know about his minutes, but he looked good in that last Wolves game. I was watching. He did look good. He, he had that one header where he just, like, destroyed the defender. And I'm like, this is Diego Costa. I missed and loved at the Premier League, man. Yeah, because you, you would think that he's so old and he would be so slow, right? But, I mean, he looked like he had some pace on him. He looked pretty fit. But, yeah, again, he's a minutes risk, right? So, who knows if he's going to play. He only played, what, 32 minutes? That was the first time he ever played for Wolves. So, that's one to consider. Another one is Daka. He just Ooh. came on today, even though he was, he was a risk, he was flagged for illness. He came on mm. and scored. He started the first, the two games before that, got a goal and an assist against Brighton, 11 pointer. So if he, if he replaces Vardy, uh, which it seemed like he did up until this game, it seemed like he had replaced him. He seems like a great child for a 5.7 Leicester striker. That seems like a bargain. Considering and you already have Madison, I, I think it's a little bold to double up on Leicester's attack. But if you believe in them, I like it a lot. 
Yeah, no, I, I do believe in Leicester's attack. I think they're shocking defensively, but right. I think they're they're a good I think they're a good defensive team. I mean attacking team, sorry. And the last pick, which seems like the best option. However, I I don't know because again, I, I have already a player from this team, so I don't want to double up. But I think the best option for me would be Skamaka, the West Ham striker. Uh, he got 65 minutes against Wolves. Their fixtures look great. He's 6.7, so I can afford him. But I mean, the, the minutes are also a question with all of these strikers. So it's tough. Obviously, the, 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 like the obvious pick would be Tony, but he's, he's 0.5 more expensive, so wouldn't be able to move to him. Well, what do what you guys think about these strikers? Well, I think, uh, I think you have some interesting ones there. I really like Diego Costa. I would have never thought of him. My only fear with Wolves is that they're not really in a good run of form. Yeah. But I love the DACA one. I think, um, you know, like, it's like Leicester's, Vardy's turning a, a new page. And I think, like, like, over the course of the season, I do see DACA getting more minutes and starting more games. So I really, really like the Daka one at five point seven. It's 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 really cheeky. Um, and then for your last one, Skamaka, cheeky as well, cheeky as well. But like Kazi said, this is worth doubling up. Yeah. Okay. Here's what I, I'm gonna say. Like again, I like the Costa pick, like long term. Maybe, but at the time, I still want to see. I'd want to see if his minutes are more consistent. Skabaka, I really like because, uh, I mean, I know how much I hyped up Bowen as the spearhead of that attack, but Skabaka was very much the second in command if, if there was a pecking order at, at West Ham. Like, he looked really good. His goal was a fucking stunner. And, like, he was getting a lot of balls fed into him. He looks good on his feet. He looks like he could create some chances for others as well. So, like, I like Skabaka, but. I think for me, the, the favorite would also be Daka because, uh, I mean, he's a little bit cheaper. He's quite a bit cheaper, actually, a couple million cheaper than Skamaka, right? And on top of that, like, I agree with Io. Like, I definitely think Vardy is being phased out at this point, and I, I think Daka will get more minutes. And, uh, if again, if you believe in a lesser attack, like, but everyone else will be bringing in Madison or, like me, maybe Barnes you'll already be a step ahead of the curve and you'll be bringing in your second Leicester attacker. So to me, that would be my favorite option. I mean, and Martial is definitely the most insane thing you brought up like this season. <laughs> so I, I don't know if that would, uh, I don't know. I don't know what United's going to do with him and if he's even going to play, but I mean, yeah, he did look good off the bench. I, I must say. Fair enough. I mean, you're, you're sounded convincing there with Daka. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about it more. Why I'm a little bit. Can I just throw one name in the mix for you? Sure. Danny Welbeck. Danny Welbeck. Danny Welbeck. You know, I did look at him, but the way Brighton play, like I don't think he's a bad pick. Like, um, he he gets you a lot of assists, but I just I don't. He's not a goal threat. He just he's like a target man for for Gross and Trossard and these guys. I like Dude, I do yeah. think like I, that's not a bad shot. Honestly, he gets points. But. I feel like we've gone six years in the past. We're talking about Diego Costa and Danny Welbeck. <laughs> <laughs> what is going it's, on right now? It's and crazy. Martial. It's crazy. <laughs> this is yeah. insane. 
but I mean, I like that. I honestly, I'm just jealous more than anything because I have Solanke, obviously, who I got in last week, and that feels so boring now because all these new young like cheap strikers have emerged since since I got him, and I'm like, I would rather have any one of these guys over Solanke, <laughs> who I pretty much yeah. just took as a cheap guy who was going to play 90 minutes and might get a goal here or there, but. God, like yeah. if I had an extra transfer to spare, like Daka excites me, Costa excites me. Like I, I like these picks. I like this little price range that's emerged for these forwards. Yeah, I mean Solanke is the safe pick. Like yeah. you can't go wrong with it. But it's just that Bournemouth are just so bad going forward. Yeah, they're, they're just they're he's nailed for ninety minutes, right? For that price. Yeah. yeah. Your other option is always to go down and invest somewhere else. Right. If you feel like there's another player you can get that you really like. Right. You know, I could I could do that, but um, so another thing that we should consider is game week 12 blank, right? And right. I if I was to take my Mitrovic down to say like a 4.3, a non-playing forward, that I would be removing a, a player who plays in Mitrovic going to a non-playing forward in a time where I need to plan to have at least three playing bench players. So I would be putting a non-playing forward for Mitrovic and upgrading Andreas, who already plays, for another midfielder that I like, which I thought of, but like, plan unless that midfielder I'm so certain about that I'm willing to play potentially nine players in game week uh, 12, it just doesn't really make sense going forward because I would ne- I need at least three bench players and as of right now my team I have I'm gonna have four blanks so <laughs> yeah yeah I'm I'm with you on that way of thinking I don't I think I don't think it's worth switching up a midfielder or getting even getting rid of Mitrovic I mean okay by no means is this a reputable source but I was watching a live stream for the game when when um at the time that Mitrovic went off and someone in the in the chat. Uh, mentioned that uh, they saw Mitrovic leaving the stadium and he looked fine. So again, <laughs> by, by no means is this a reputable source, but like there, there could be truth to that statement, not because of the fan, but it made me think like he went off and they were already getting dicks, like what, 4-0 or some shit. And like, he's their best player. They need him for the next game. Like if he had, apparently had a little niggle like going into the game already. So there's no point risking him. So I think there's probably a good chance that he's probably just fine as well and will play this next game. So, I mean, definitely something to consider because I know for me, I'm thinking of getting Mitrovic in after this West Ham game for the next Bournemouth one. So I would maybe either keep Mitrovic or I would take a punt on one of these cheap forwards rather than like switch your whole team, like lineup up for a midfielder. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you raise a really good point. But the, the thing is, like, I'm saying these forwards as replacements if it's confirmed that he's out for this week. Because, and although, even if he's out for this week, I could still hold him if he's going to be playing next week, right? But I have, a, I have two free transfers. So I would be burnt, and I have zero in the bank. So I would be burning a transfer. Although, actually, I could use, I could change Patterson, who's 4.1, to a playing... 4.1 or 4.0 defender. I think maybe Emerson if he if he gets minutes or something. Actually, that's uh, something to think about. That's an option. I know Emerson came off the bench in that last West Ham game. Um, yeah, I w- I would need to look. I'm not sure if there. Do you know of any 4.0 defenders that play? I don't think so. Uh, the West Ham ones come to mind. Emerson and Ben Johnson. I don't know if Ben Johnson is still a 4.0. I don't know. I think uh, 
it's always Nico Williams and if yeah. you don't have him already. So yeah, that, definitely a fun conversation. <laughs> we haven't talked about like cheap forwards yet. So this is, this was an exciting thing to bring up. Yeah, it really yeah. was. We had a very template forward, like striker. Yeah. And team until now. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And uh, I mean, kind of building off that point, you were talking about trying to get rid of your city and Arsenal players or like having enough of a bench to compensate for that. And I know that's something a lot of people are going through right now because pretty much everyone has Holland. A lot of people have uh, Cancelo and then a lot of people have either De Bruyne, Foden, or Martinelli, Jesus, like say you had six, like three of City and Ar- three Arsenal players. At that point, would you even consider like free hitting for gaming 12? Honestly, that's a good option. I think if you have, if you have six of these players, you know, uh, I only have four and one of them is Ramsdale. So I think I might manage to get 11 starters, uh, but they have to play. But honestly, but at the same, ah, you know what? I don't blame you for wanting to free hit, but at the same time, like long term wise, like it might be better to drop some points in this week, or and, and just keep them. Like I'm not getting rid of Holland or Cancelo or anyone, uh, just because of this game week. Um, but the other option is if if you feel confident enough with your other the rest of your team. Your other option is, and I'm not really recommending this, but it's just to do like a one week swap in, swap out. If you if you do believe someone's gonna do well that week, you know, Honestly, I I would I would have never thought about like uh, someone free hitting in that situation because there's always like better opportunities later in the season, right, where you can get so much more out of it, right, but. In this specific situation, if you have six City and Arsenal and you don't have your wild card, and if you look at the City and Arsenal fixtures, game week 13 to 16, right. they're insane. And you want every Arsenal and City player you can have in that, in that time frame. Right. So honestly, like, I, I think it could be an exception and you could actually free hit in this week. Yeah, I think that I, I fully agree. The fixtures are just outrageous after that. You and, and I mean, the form too. Like Arsenal City are the two best teams in the league right now and it's not even close really. And like, there's a lot of value players too. Like I, it would be very valid to have six Arsenal and City players. Like that's not a bad team. That means you have Cancelo, Holland, De Bruyne or Foden. And then you have what Martinelli, Saka or Jesus or even Zinchenko or Ramsdale, like Saliba, like, there's a lot of good options from these teams right now. So one option is to genuinely like lean into it, accept that you're going to free hit and just bring in the Arsenal players right now. Cause I know a lot of people are like hesitant to do that because of the upcoming game week 12, but you could very, really like raise some rank. You bring in Jesus right now, you bring in Saka, you bring in Martinelli on top of your city players or whatever. Then you know, you're going to free hit game week 12 and you'll be, you'll end up, I'm sure in a good position after that because then you'll have them all ready for game week 13 and that run after. Because, I mean, just speaking from my team, for example, I have four right now. I have three City. I have Cancelo, Foden, and, and Holland, And then I have uh, Saka as well. And I don't want to get rid of any of them, dude. Like, it's so fucking hard to, like, even imagine what I would do that week. And for me, I feel I, I had a plan going into this week, which was I bought Holland really late. I bought him at 12 million. And he's at 12.1 right now. 
So for me, honestly, my plan was next week, I was going to get rid of Holland because uh, he was going to go, if he, if he goes up to 12.2, then I can sell him for 12.1. If he doesn't, then it's only 0.1 anyways. I was going to get Mitrovic because his next two fixtures were really good. Like the, after the West Ham one, he had Bournemouth and then um, what was the one after that? It was Aston Villa at home. So that was my plan. And then I could switch. Then with that extra money I'd have in my bank, I was, my plan was game week 12. I can get Mo Salah for any of my 8 million midfielders, captain him for that week. And then I can switch Kane to Holland for the week after and get him back. So that was kind of my plan going into it. Cause I think a big part to consider, at least for me, is game week 12. Yes. Who are you benching, but also who are you captaining? Cause I know everyone's been on kind of autopilots captain, captaining Holland mode, but you have to think about that. I mean, that's how you gain the most rank. That's how you differentiate yourself, your captaincy choice. And Mo Salah looked like the most enticing captain out of the premiums to me, but I don't know. Did you guys have any thoughts on captaincy for Game Week 12? For Game Week 12? I can't say that I've thought about it. Honestly, I, I have. And I was looking at earlier today. Um, I think the standout fixtures, the standout captains to me, which, which, like you said, this is a great question because this is a huge opportunity. Because other than this, like everyone's just prima captaining Holland, right? This could really raise your rank. I was looking at Trossard against Nottingham Forest. Um, looking at Madison against Leeds. And Salah against West Ham and Kane against United. But... So Salah and Kane is like, depending on which asset you have, if you have one, if you have none, uh, you can choose from those. But the ones I really like are Madison against Leeds and Trossard against Nottingham Forest is, is the one I think. I'm looking at that one. That, that one looks juicy. I mean, huge differential captains for sure. And I guess I have to ask you, like, are those players you would consider captaining? like regularly or is it only in this extreme situation that you're actually even considering them no it's definitely just because man city aren't playing and it's no holland so uh i mean if i like right as of right now have kane do i really want to captain him against united i'm not sure and the other thing i is, don't have so go on it's two weeks from now yeah so i could i could have salah by then if I, I'm not sure I want to bring him in just for to captain him that week, right? So I don't know if I have him, I will definitely consider him. But other than that, I have Madison who I can captain against Leeds and I, I'm, I might think of bringing in Trossard and captaining him against Nottingham Forest. I mean, that's the last player I would have expected to hear, Leandro Trossard. <laughs> Me too. But if it works out, it could work out in a big way for sure. And yeah, honestly... I think it's a good opportunity for you to to like try to gain rank. Yeah, or lose it. <laughs> are you really losing much though? Because True. the captaincy is going to be so spread out. Right. I mean, that's what I'm. I've got to try to figure out. Like, I'm trying to gauge everyone's opinions because I'm. I'm curious who will everyone be captaining that week? Because I know a lot of people have De Bruyne. A lot of people have Holland, and and. But I, I, Mo Salah's ownership has dropped so much. Kane, like Kane's ownership is still pretty low. So, like, who the fuck are people captaining Game Week Twelve? Because 
for me, I, I'm lost. So I'm thinking I, I need Salah because I need someone consistent. But I, I'm kind of... Has he been consistent? Confused. He honestly, like, I know Salah's getting all sorts of hate, but he still has, what, like six, seven attacking returns like this season? So, I mean... Okay, here's the thing. Like, Liverpool, as bad as they've been, we can all agree, like, they've been so disappointing this season. Expected goals, expected concede, goals conceded-wise, like, all those numbers, they still look fucking good. They're still looking like a top-four team in the Prem. Like, and on top of that, like, I mean, do you, do you really think Liverpool will never pick up their form? Like, I don't know. Because, uh, yes, they've had, no, like... So West Ham is not an easy game. West Ham is not an easy game. And the other argument is that, like, uh, in the next two weeks, you don't know what happens, you know? Right. When someone can get injured, players can start picking up form. That's why, like, if the next two weeks go as I hope they go, I'll, I'll, I'll consider doing Sterling as my captain. Who's Sterling playing that week? Brentford. Honestly, I love that. That's you have the best situation, I think, having someone like Sterling. Because if I had someone like that, that would be a very easy captain for me. Yeah, I agree. I did not know you had Sterling. I mean, as long as Chelsea, as long as Chelsea are playing like decently. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on the next two games. And if I feel like Sterling is playing well and creating a lot of chances. Um, then I think Sterling would be my captain that week with the team I have today. Yeah, that's a that's a no brainer. That's but a great I, shot. I was thinking for the for this, like if Salah picks it up until game week twelve, I think it would be like I think you're gonna see a lot of people bringing him in and captaining him. Maybe just just because of that game week twelve, right? But if he stays yeah. as it is right now, honestly, and his ownership is dropping and dropping, I, I see this week as having like so many different captaincies. Like the the there's not gonna be a consensus captain for sure. So uh, yeah, in in that situation, you don't have much to lose, right? You can risk it. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully Salah <laughs> makes it interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean Salah's still thirty three percent owned, which is obviously nowhere near the numbers we've seen in the past. And on top of that, we have to keep in mind, like yes, that West Ham at home fixture isn't great, but also like to end this end this little first half of the season before the World Cup. He does have Nottingham, Leeds, and Southampton in the next four. So it's like, if you have any faith in Liverpool at some point, like <laughs> returning to form, then I think a lot of people will want Salah for that stage anyways. At least I think I might. So I don't know. It's, that, it, that changes everything. Doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know. But then again, <laughs> like Sterling is a fantastic shot. It's not something that even like crossed my mind. So maybe I'll just get Sterling instead and fucking captain him. I don't know. Like wow. that's a great shout. That's a great situation to be in Iowa. That's someone I would want to have on gaming 12. We just have we have to see how they play the next two games first. Yeah. Can can I just say something about Liverpool though? Because obviously we know like it's not Salah has been it's not like he's been bad. It's just Liverpool as a team can't really create anything. He's been forced wide this season and he's become much more of a playmaker than than a striker, right? Uh, like he was like an inside forward previously. And so if, I think just Liverpool are struggling in general, but if they remain to, like, if if they pick it up, obviously Salah will become a great option because that will mean that he's becoming more direct. But if they don't, I think we could start looking at Bobby Firmino. 
I know it oh sounds crazy. How, how, no, no, no. But like, I've actually thought about it. And the guy is just, ever since that red card, he's been popping. Yeah. He has been, been going great. crazy. <laughs> I know Ahmed doesn't like this, but hey, like, what, what do you think of it? I think I think it's it's something to, to be talked about. Based on form alone, like, it would be a no-brainer. Like, for me, you know, like, it looks like a fucking... 12 million player right now like he's someone who is scoring game week in week out like that that goal he had in the last game with the little quick touches oof it was beautiful to watch like Firmino is playing at a different level right now which is I think the least expected thing between Liverpool fans and between like Premier League fans in general no one expected Firmino to have a resurgent like goal scoring season right now it was all about Darwin and his like homecoming right but uh, I mean the again based on form alone Firmino, great pick. I just don't know if his minutes are guaranteed the same way I don't know if Jota's are or Darwin's are. Like, as good as he is playing, like, I can still, like, Darwin's, he's, this is the season to integrate him into the team, right? Like, I don't think Klopp's going to suddenly start just benching him because it hasn't been working thus far. Like, I think the start, start to the season, like, really forces Liverpool to, like, they have to practice this patience. And they expect to come out on the other side. I'm sure they knew that this transition period, leaving, losing Mane, having Luis Diaz, uh, Darwin come into the team, like it's going to take some time for everyone to gel. But I just don't think Firmino is guaranteed minutes as good as he is playing because uh, I think they will prioritize like getting Darwin accustomed to the team because he is the future. I think it will, would be interesting as well to see who plays in the Champions League. Um. Because what I do see happening is like maybe Darwin plays the Champions League and Firmino plays the Prem. So if you see that Darwin plays and Firmino is rested, then that could be a good enough indicator to take that gamble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't disagree with that. Again, I, I'm not going to sit here and shit on Firmino because like there's nothing bad to say about the guy. He's been brilliant. It just... Uh, I don't know if, if I just don't, I can't guarantee that Liverpool will prioritize playing him just because he is playing better right now, which I know seems like what they need if they want to compete for this title. But it seems to me like their priority is moving into this next era of Liverpool football. And I just can't see them benching Darwin like three games in a row or like some shit like that. Nah, I, I think he's benched. I think right now Klopp is. Not with, I mean, he's not at risk of losing a job or anything, but, you know, he's kind of starting to feel his back going up against a wall. So I think he needs to return. I think he needs to start winning games. And if Firmino's in form and he's scoring goals, you start him. Doesn't matter. You start him. Darwin I needs wish... to learn how, how, to, how, to, <laughs> how to come out of that, you know? I wish it was that simple. I'm not, but it's not like Darwin was playing horrible either. Like, Firmino's no, he wasn't playing, playing well. He wasn't playing well. I mean, yeah, he scored some good goals to start the season. Yeah, but I mean, he has the team around it, but I don't think he was like that. I, he was definitely like playing low at a lower level than everyone expected. Yeah. Also, I just don't believe in the notion that Klopp is feeling breathing on his neck or any job insecurity. Like, if anyone in the whole, any manager in the world has earned the trust. But maybe, but that's what I mean. Not about Klopp, his job, but just like, in terms of the league, like they're ninth place right now. 
I was, I was just looking looking at the league table. I know we've delved way too deep into this, but one last thing. Um, uh, Dorman in the 14-15 season, in his last season, finished seventh in the league after making the Champions League final. And uh, same situation, like Dortmund was Klopp, Klopp was Dortmund, loved by the fans, same exact thing, and he was flying with them. And it all came crumbling down. And so I know it's a bit biased as a United fan. I want to see Liverpool uh, <laughs> struggle. <we> <laughs> but, but, I mean, it just, it's, written, it's written in the stars. Let's see, let's see what happens. All you're doing is making me more excited about bringing Mo Salah into my team and captaining him. Because <laughs> now I have an agenda. I want to prove you little United fans wrong. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. It's, it's, I don't believe in these seven years, two superstitions. I mean, I don't It's not for me personally. And that's not how well, I'm going to base my, charm. my FPL decisions. But uh, it, it is what it is. Um, I don't know. Let's talk about Man United since we are, we've brushed the topic lately. Um, a lot of hype about wanna, uh, United. I just want to give a little bit of a little bit of credit to Anthony. Okay. That's it. I mean, no one else deserves <laughs> it. <laughs> it was really just a little bit of credit. <laughs> Nothing else to say. Uh, I mean. I don't know. How do you feel about United after that city thrashing? Is that something you expected and it's business as usual? Or is it something that made you shape, reshape how you view this United team? It was a little bit worse. I, I, would, I, I expected a little, bit more, a little bit more fire in that team. I think it was always going to be a tough game. We were probably never going to win. But the, act, the, the attitude and the body language was what worried me. FPL-wise, any United players? But I know Mahmoud mentioned Martial earlier, but anyone else? I, I still have Rashford. There? I still have Rashford. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to take him out on a hit, so I'll, I'll hold on to him. Also, we play Everton next. Um, I, th- I think United should, you know, pick up a little bit of form from the Europa League on Thursday, and, and we should be able to beat Everton, so... I'm pretty happy with keeping Rashford for now because I'm assuming he's still going to start, but well, I don't even know. Like, to be honest, I'm going to hold on to him. I'm going to take that risk, but I'm not sure. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, United is always a controversial topic. Every single episode, I'm sure it will be. So I guess that leaves us with one thing. I mean, we have to talk about captaincy maybe briefly next week but i think uh it should be pretty consensus for us i don't even think we have to say it (laughs) yeah yeah is this is this a permanent captaincy the rest of the season yep i I mean i'm considering him for game week 12 as well really (laughs) (laughs) it's just hard to say it's hard to say no it's hard to say no to that okay i'll ask you guys again next week when they're playing Liverpool. yeah i mean Van Dijk has not been good this season, though. No, he hasn't. He's he's struggled, honestly. Like I f- I feel like he, he's so protected. Like people never never say anything bad about him. But like okay, like he's one of the best defenders in the world. But if he's playing badly, like people need to acknowledge that. Badly. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. 
he's definitely struggled after his injury. He's not the player he used to be, which is sad to say, but it's, it's definitely the truth. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Yeah, it's a tough injury. But we, we, we can't just pretend like he's the same Van Dyke that almost won the Ballon d'Or. Like, True. He's just no, not right. the same guy. Honestly, yeah. this season, Matip's been a lot more impressive to me. And uh, he's kind of risen my ranks. So that's where I'm focusing my energy as, a, as far as Liverpool's concerned. I mean, the whole back line, it's been disappointing. Trent's had his worst season. Robertson's even been pretty shambolic this year. I don't know what's going on, but I'm sure they'll all... I trust them all to pick it up. That's just me. So... Because you have to. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Any you other guys... fixtures next week that we're targeting? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be City, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the most obvious one. Yeah, that's like that's it comes back to what we were talking about before. If you, it's a tough decision whether you want to bring in Foden now or not. He could pay it off in one week, so something to think about. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's a tough one. Yeah, definitely. Considering Foden or De Bruyne, both valid players to consider bringing in. Captaincy wise, like I've never, I've never. Kill the conversation about captaincy so fast. I've always liked to keep it open-ended and talk about differentials, but I feel like it's just bad advice at this point if I'm telling anyone to consider anything else. Like, <laughs> if you don't go with Holland, you will get fucking burned. And like, it's just not worth even the possibility. Like you, at the end of the day, differentials don't mean shit if you're not getting the players who are going to get the best points. And like Holland's by far and away the best forward in the Premier League. Like you have to have him. And you have to have that armband on him. Bro, he's halfway, or like he's almost halfway to to the golden boot last year. Yeah, it's just ridiculous, dude. There's a new king in town. There really is. That's right. great. On that note, we'll end off this pod. Thanks for joining us, Mahmoud. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. All right, I'm 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 all done here. Best of luck for next week. <laughs>